Today's reading is taken from the book of Luke, chapter one, verses sixty-seven to seventy-nine. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, "Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, as He said through His holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies." And from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. Great, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're watching. Thank you, Rebecca and Samson, for praying. Uh, James for uh, reading. And yeah, let's get into this passage. It's uh, Christmas. It's Advent. But I want to start with uh, a little joke. So there's a man, and he goes for his annual eye test. And then the optician, he、uh, kind of puts this big contraption in front of his face and kind of adjusts a few dials and asks, okay. What can you see?、And、so the man says, "Okay,、um, I see empty airports, and I see empty sports grounds, and、uh, closed theaters, and lots of masks." And the optician says, "That's great, wonderful.、Uh, you've got 20/20 vision. Everything is perfect and fine." And of course, I think, yeah, if you've been to an optician, 20/20 is normal vision. Now, why is this joke sad? Of course, because this is far from normal, right? This is not what we want. This is not perfect and fine. I don't know how you felt last week.、Uh, I felt, of course, very frustrated.、Uh, all the another wave, another set of closures. As a parent,、uh, my children back online, facing another school holiday where everything is closed and there's not much we can do.、Uh, maybe you feel fearful, right? Because you were just relaxing. And now there's another wave, and you're afraid of the virus again. You're afraid of the economic consequences, and yeah, many of us we're <laughs> discouraged with with life. How wonderful then to have some distraction! I guess the easy thing is to turn on Netflix, read a book,、uh, go for a walk, take your mind off things. But as Christians, even better. Well, let's focus on Jesus. That's what we want to do today, right? It's Advent. It's a season of hope, a season of joy, because well, joyful all ye nations rise. Jesus has come. I guess it's old news, right? We we all, in a way, we know it.、Eh? God the Son came down. He was born as a baby, two thousand years ago in Bethlehem. And yet, this precious truth, if we understand it,、uh, if we look at it from different angles, will fill us with joy. That's what we're going to do.、Eh? We're going to. Have a series why Christmas, looking at different reasons why Jesus came, like a diamond with many facets, and hopefully 
Yeah, it will encourage us. It will lift our eyes to Jesus, to something that is not just a distraction, but is real hope, real hope for us, for the world. And uh, today, well, today, as you could see on the list, uh, we're doing Jesus came to fulfill the scriptures. I think you read the Bible, you read the Gospels, you read Matthew and Luke with all the stuff about Jesus' birth. There's so much scripture, right? Verse 70, uh, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, uh, Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. Now, what does that mean? And what does that mean for our lives? That is what I want to think about today. And I guess the main thing most of us think about when we hear that is that Jesus came to fulfill, well, I'd say uh, God's prophecies. You think of all these prophecies, uh, especially in Matthew, right? Five times with Jesus' birth, he says, well, this was to fulfill prophecy. Um, Most famous, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, quoting Isaiah. But that's just one, right? Because then the next chapter, um, where was Jesus born? Oh, in Bethlehem. Why? Well, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, etc. And so on. Jesus fled to Egypt. Well, that fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. And then Herod, well, that was fulfilled, uh, fulfills the prophets. And Jesus went to live in Nazareth. Well, that fulfills the prophets. Right? Constantly, all these details. That's not just, uh, and then there's much more than the ones here. Two weeks ago, day away, we were in Daniel. When would Jesus be born? Well, during the Third World Empire after Babylon. And that was true. About 500 years after Daniel, that was true. Uh, while the temple was still standing, um, we did Matthew 11 to 13 a few months ago. Again, constantly, this fulfilled Isaiah 35. This fulfilled Isaiah 42, Isaiah 6, and so on. Uh, Jesus fulfills all these prophecies. But I, I don't think that's quite where, uh, what is meant. But first of all, this is absolutely true. Uh, if you've never looked into Christmas, there's these amazing details that Jesus fulfills, right? All these things, all these verses from 66, no, well, 39 books uh, written hundreds of years earlier that are just there. I mean, partly that helps people recognize him, right? Where would he be born? Well, they knew where to look, in Bethlehem. And that, that's helpful. Last week I bought something from Carousel. Uh, we would meet at an MTR station, and the guy said, okay, the guy bringing it wears a white T-shirt. Uh, that's helpful, right? Uh, but it's, it's, it's more than that, right? It's not just helpful. I think this is an amazing uh, miracle in some way, right? Because, again, the Bible wasn't written by one guy in a cave, like the Koran. The Bible was, these are real things that people said hundreds of years earlier, and they all came true in this one person. And, you know, if you look at it, people have done that. You read books like Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's amazing. And if, if you're not a Christian, if you've never looked at how Jesus fulfilled prophecies from the Old Testament, it's... It's something that should make you think, sit up, and wow, maybe there is something real going on here. Something supernatural. But I don't think that is what it really means when it says Jesus came to fulfill the scriptures. Because now you get this kind of idea that 
basically the Old Testament is just this, this random book where you have these Easter eggs. Right? You have, oh, there's a verse about Jesus, cool. And a few chapters later, oh, there's another verse. Right? That's the idea. I mean, they're amazing verses. You know, we, we didn't have 2020 vision, right? We couldn't predict anything, but, but still. It makes the Old Testament not that relevant. No, I think what Matthew and Luke and the New Testament want to say, Jesus came to fulfill what God's plan. God's plan. Right? What Jesus fulfilled is not just some, a few verses here and there. Just the whole Old Testament is a story. It's, it's a plan, and that comes together, it climaxes in Christmas, in Jesus. Because you feel all the Old Testament when you go to Luke, right? Here's a priest in the temple, um, Zechariah, he was the father of John the Baptist, who we know, and this is at the birth of John uh, the Baptist, that he, he says these words. But there, there's so much history here, right? so much of the, the Bible story that Pauline referred to. Right? It starts with, well, verse 68, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Right? This is not just any God. This is the God who's been working with this nation for more than a thousand years and been interacting with them and talking with them. And then, well, what has this God done? Well, he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Jesus came to fulfill the promise made to David. And David was the king of Israel, a thousand years B.C., and and God made a promise to him, a a huge promise, that one of his sons would be uh, the king. Uh, look at it, 2 Samuel 7. Uh, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. And this was just not a minor verse, right? This, this becomes the whole hope. That's why we have a book of kings. That's why the prophets are full of this big hope that the Messiah would come, the son of David. And then he comes. And it's not just David. That was only 1,000 B.C. Uh, Luke on and uh, verses 72 and 73. Uh, Zechariah said, This is to show mercy to our ancestors, to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Now we're talking 2,000 years before Jesus, and God appeared to Abraham and promised that he would be a great nation, and through him the whole world would be blessed. Uh, Here's uh, verses from Genesis uh, 22. I will surely bless you, make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. The promise to Abraham. 2,000 years before. And actually you want to read the Old Testament... This is Genesis 12. This is the 12th chapter of the whole Old Testament. And actually the rest of the Old Testament is just how is the promise to Abraham going to be fulfilled? This is not little verses. This is the the whole story, the whole plan. In a way, Matthew says the same thing, right? We heard that, the genealogy, uh, Abraham and David. Again, Matthew 1 verse 1, the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You can go even, even further back, right? It talks about the sun, and maybe in those two Old Testament texts, 
you heard about offspring. Well, offspring goes back to, well, all the way to the Garden of Eden. Right? Adam and Eve, they sinned, and God you know, spoke in, in judgment, and he uh, spoke judgment against the devil, Satan. What did he say? Well, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This son being born, this offspring of the woman, born of Mary, not of Joseph. Christmas goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And then that promise gets made bigger with Abraham, and made bigger through the Old Testament, especially with David. And all of that then comes together in Jesus. But it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, all the way back to the creation of the world. Right? Because that, that, that is ultimately what we need, right? All these things Zechariah praises God for, it's from the Garden of Eden, right? Because Adam and Eve, they had everything. They were living with God in the beautiful paradise, and then they sinned, and they were cast out, and they lived in a world of oppression and pain and suffering. But God promised he would make that right. He promised it back in the garden, and and that is what Zechariah says. That this is now here. God has He's come. He's come to redeem His people. He's come in verse seventy-four to to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all our days, back as it should be. No more fear. No more oppression. Just being with God, being home where we belong. Uh, forgiveness of sins, verse 77, uh, a light shining on those in darkness, in the shadow of death. All things that we're going to look at the coming weeks, all these wonderful, yeah, but back to the Garden of Eden, back to how it should be, back away from this broken world, well, this broken world made new. And all that plan, and that is how we should see Jesus came to fulfill the Scriptures. Right? And the, the Old Testament is not a random book, and it's not just a list of rules for us how to live that are just a bit outdated. No, it's God's promise, the story of God's promise, of God's plan over thousands and thousands of years in one book, well, 66 books written by 40 authors, all coming together in Jesus. Jesus fulfilled God's plan. And that's amazing, right? That for thousands of years, God has been at work planning this, preparing this. That Jesus didn't, well, God woke up one morning and thought, I've got an idea, let me go and visit. No, this has been, ever since the creation of the world, Christmas was the plan. And, and God has been working that out, and it may not look like it, but everything's been proceeding perfectly. And then it climaxes as this baby is born in Bethlehem, and yeah, the angels and everything. God's plan. But, okay, I'm, that's exciting. But, but how does that speak to us now? How does it speak to us now in 2020? Well, I think this really gives us some perspective, right? It gives us God's perspective. I mean, Christmas is, well, it's the center of, his, of human history. It's a the climax of thousands of years. And the thing is, we, we, we lack perspective, right? We 
Why do we feel so stressed? It's because we only look at now. We only look at, well, 2020. Right? I mean, I'm not a prophet, okay? I predict that you know, kids can go back to school after Chinese New Year. That's what I expect. I don't know if that's going to come true. Again, don't stone me if I... Yeah? But anyway, but you hear that and you think, oh, a few months at home, oh man, right? <laughs> that's, that's how we feel. Uh, all these restrictions and then a vaccine, is, you know, it's great that there is one. It will be a year before that's all rolled out, right? And we think, oh, a year, and, and it, it's so long. Well, just look a little bit at God's plan. How long did people have to wait for God's plan? Between the Old and the New Testament, a gap of 440 years of silence. Waiting for so long. And then David, great promise. It was a thousand years. Abraham, 2,000 years. If you add up the numbers in the Bible, did you know that we are closer to Jesus than Abraham was? Right? The gap from Abraham to Jesus is longer than from Jesus to us. God's plan is such a huge time scale with so much waiting. You know, and, and, and we worry about a few months and we feel... You know, Christmas is so much bigger. This is all of human history. And, and, and of course, it's tough. Right? We, we, we find this year tough. It's been certainly the toughest year of my life in some ways. But, but you know, I'm only 44. I'm so young... That's nothing. And the South China Morning Post had this nice article a few months ago. Uh, Do you think 2020 is bad? And so it had an article about 1937 in Hong Kong. Were you there? I guess none of us were here. But do you know what happened in 1937? Well, that was uh, the Great Typhoon. The Great Typhoon. And it was not just a typhoon. Um, Hong Kong was already overrun by refugees from an an earthquake in the Philippines and war in Shanghai. And then came a typhoon. We don't know how strong it was because the measurement instruments didn't go that far. But it it wrecked Hong Kong. And then we came, of course, in the aftermath, a cholera outbreak and typhoid and some plague. 11,000 people died. That's 1% of the population. It's like a typhoon hitting Hong Kong now and 75,000 people die. And you just and it said, well, look, that was a disaster year and 2020 is not too bad, right? But we don't see that. We just see now. And even 1937, look at it from the scale of God's plan. Thousands of years. How many disasters? How many wars have been during that time? So many. And... You know, God's plan has just continued. And, you know, they're not even worth mentioning. You know, 2020 is just a footnote in the Bible, right? It's not even mentioned. You know, we, again, we, we look at our life now and it looks so big. But we need to see it on the scale of God's plan. And actually, this is minor. I mean, if God could have given us, right, how to make a COVID vaccine in the Bible here, uh, uh, one of his apostles, can you write this down, please? It will be useful for later. God didn't think it was that important. Right? Christmas is just so much bigger. We're talking human history. We're talking something so big that actually we, we, we need a bit of perspective. And again, I'm not saying that 
this year is not hard. It is. It's just we need to put it next to something much bigger. When we lived in England, we took a ferry to Holland. Like I said, it was the easiest way to travel. And, you know, uh, this is not the ferry. But this ferry, um, yeah, was huge, right? Because it, it would fit hundreds of cars and trucks to go to France. And we'd think, wow, what a big boat. And then we were there in the harbor. Uh, and then actually behind that ferry came one of those container ships or oil tankers. And then actually the ferry looked so, so tiny in comparison with this, this huge boat. You know, boats that are bigger than the Empire State Building, right? See it in perspective. 2020, you know, it, it, it's just a footnote. Uh, the worst wars that we've seen in history, they're, they're just a footnote. God gave us a book, and it's all about Jesus, because that's the, that's the big thing. And 2020 is not the end of the world. Worse things have happened, and God's plan has just continued, and Jesus came, and he did everything. Let's, let, let, let's smile, right? Let, let, let's put this in perspective. Yeah, we, you know, God's plan hasn't stopped, and it, it, will, it will keep going. Because, of course, we're still waiting for stage two, Right? Zechariah praises God for all these things, but I'm sure most of us feel we haven't yet been delivered from our enemies. Of course, there's Advent is about partly the second coming of Jesus, how he's going to come again. Will that happen? Will he come again? Well, if Christmas came out of nowhere, then we're not sure, right? But again, this is the fulfillment of thousands of years of God's plan. And that just really shows... God's persistence, right? God's faithfulness, his commitment to us. And the fact that he made these promises thousands of years ago, and he's done it. He's come through. I mean, my kids ask me to do something, and I, I promise to buy that, and then I, I just forget. I'm too busy, right? It's, which is wrong, but, you know, I, we forget things. This is thousands of years of planning, and... God did it. Jesus came. That, that's what Zechariah praises God for, right? You hear the, the thankfulness that God has done it. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who's come to redeem his people, right? He's come to redeem. Uh, Mary praises God. The angels praise God. Simeon praises God. It's all, God, you've been faithful. You've done it. Um, the, the language, yeah, of, of the, well, to Abraham, right? to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Of course, these aren't just any promises, right? This is a, this is a covenant. This is an agreement that God has made with uh, the people, in a way, with humanity. He's, he's committed to us, right? We, you know, yeah, the Bible is a plan and it's promises, but it's more than that, right? It's a covenant. It's a, it's a relationship. Think of a, a marriage. A marriage is a promise, but it's so much more than a promise, right? It's a, it's a commitment to a person. And you see Christmas and you see God's commitment to us. And I think that is such an incredible commitment because of, well, because of, partly because of who we are, right? Zechariah praises God for his, his faithfulness, but also for his mercy, right? Because would you stuck it so long with the human race? I mean, 
God first promised he would sort of fix things, right? In the Garden of Eden, after one sin. And that's very merciful, really kind. But it was only one sin, right? How about after Cain and Abel? How about uh, the flood? I mean, judgment was needed. He wiped the world clean, but he still continued with the human race. And his plan kept on going. And then Israel. You know, you read the Old Testament, a thousand years of idolatry and sin. And God stuck with these people. And he kept his promise. And he kept making his promise bigger. He kept going. And, and, and that was just Israel. The rest of the world was worse. I mean, we've heard about the divorce rates, right? People who normally don't spend much time together, now they are stuck in a home uh, for a lot of time, and they don't like it, and they get divorced because they can't stand this other person. How would God feel about us? You know, he knows every thought and word and deed. Right? It's not just the things we say and do, the things we think. God knows all of that. And yet he's stuck with it, right? He is committed to us. He said he would send his son to fix it. And he is, thousands of years later, he did that. God is going to be faithful. God is going to persist. And so, the, yeah, the second coming, it's only been 2,000 years. That's nothing for God, right? That will come. Jesus will come back and, and will be where Zechariah says we will be right before God in holiness and righteousness, without fear, all of that will happen. Doesn't that give you joy you know, and encouragement? Again, we're, we're going to be stuck in, uh, in these restrictions. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're going to be uh, 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 yeah, struggling. But, you know, think of God's plan. Hundreds and thousands of years of waiting. And, and that has... That has happened. We can survive with a few months. Remember how faithful God has been. Maybe in your own life. Just stop and give thanks and see all the wonderful things he's done. But then beyond your life, look at history. Look at these thousands of years of faithfulness. And that he's come through for his people. And then actually, you know, I can smile. I can get through the next few months. It's okay, right? Just remember Jesus, remember Christmas, do, a, do an Advent calendar or something, something to, oh yeah, Christmas. God has fulfilled his plan, he's faithful, it's going to be okay. Isn't that what we need? Isn't that also, of course, what others need? Again, you know, many people don't have this hope. They lack the same perspective, they just see now, they don't see the big story, they don't know what history is about, they don't know where it's all going. They're, they're missing all that. And, and we can tell them. Why don't you think and pray about how, how to share this good news uh, from the Bible? Because it, it's all there. God has given it to us. It's not a secret. It's all there. What a great hope. Again, uh, think about this. Look at your, your, your life. Look at your situation in the light of all of history. In the light of the center of history. The coming of Jesus. And... You know, be encouraged. It's all going to be okay. Why don't we pray together? Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you persisted with us for so long. Thank you for your love and your mercy for the human race, your tender mercy 
uh, that we see uh, when Jesus came uh, to a sinful people like us. Please give us hope and help us to zoom out, just have some perspective on what's happening, to look at the great thing that you have done and will do when he comes back. Give us patience, help us to wait. And would Advent be a season of joyful, expectant waiting because we know you will come. You will send your son and we will be before you for the rest of eternity. Lord, lift our eyes for each of us in our situations. Again, encourage us and lift our eyes to him. In Jesus' name, amen.